0: Fox
1: News Podcast presents the Brett Bear Podcast with Fox News Chief Political Anchor Brett Bear. This is the island of Sindala, the first project in Neom, your Vision 2030. It is spectacular. It is really beautiful. You know, a lot of people have described you as a visionary leader. I talked to a number of your citizens, and that's how they describe you and you didn't even plant them. That's really how they talk about you. Um, And world leaders are saying the same thing. You've had this transformational change, every aspect of the kingdom, economic, social, cultural, religious. Can you give us some specific examples of what your goals are
2: and how you think all of this is going? Well, Simply, uh, we have in the past uh, few issues in Saudi Arabia and a lot of opportunities that we didn't use we're trying to capture that and to go forward for a better Saudi Arabia, and that's what we're trying to do. And it's a big vision. It is a big vision, and we, uh, we get like surprised every day that uh, we reach our target faster and we ext- extend that to a newer target and a bigger uh, uh, ambition, so it's really exciting. Uh, your ministers say you work them hard. Well, you can see in 2022 we are the fastest G20 country growing. And also in this year, if you, to, if you take just an oil GDP part, uh, we are the second fastest in the G20 growing, so it's like a fight between Saudi Arabia and India, a good fight. You're making a, a transition uh, on trying to get different
1: parts of the economy, not a heavy reliance on oil. Uh, the role of women in the society has evolved significantly. You know, you had this 2030, what do you see 10, 20, 30 years for Saudi Arabia?
2: I will give you an example. If you, if you look to the to late 70s, Saudi Arabia, GDP is bigger than South Korea. And now South Korea, it's, I think it's uh, the 10th or 12, uh, 11th largest GDP in the world in 2016. And 2016, we are number 20. So that's a shame. Uh, in in 90, uh, 80, 1980, we, we was GDP number, I think, 12 globally. And then in 2016, we are number 20. So we believe if Saudi Arabia and really had the perfect track since that time, we would be among the top seven GDP globally. I'm trying to get Saudi Arabia back on the right track. You're a data guy. We can, we can see today. Today, today we are the largest uh, uh, 17, number 17 ranked as the largest GDP in the world. But in G20, we are almost ranked number 15 from 20 in just a few years. The G twenty, you just mentioned it. You really have become a big player on the world stage, and
1: that G twenty rail and ports deal connecting Europe, the Gulf nations, and India. Why is that such
2: a big deal? Logistics is important. If you want to manufacture in your country, if you want to move goods, it's it's important to have a good logistic plan. You work it with many countries, many regions to be sure that goods pass in the right time. We, for example. Uh, that project will cut the time of goods from India to Europe by three to six days. Cut time, save money, and it's more, uh, safer, more efficient. Uh, so why not? And it's not about only moving goods and railways and ports. It's also about linking uh, grids, energy grids, uh, data, uh, cables, and other uh, stuff will benefit uh, uh, Europe, uh, Middle East, and also uh, 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 India and most of these energy, it's all of these energy going to be a green energy that is going to be produced in the Middle East and, uh, and being exported to Europe and, and India. So it's a big deal for us and for Europe and for India. Also mentioned in this deal is Israel.
1: Um, what would it take for you to agree to normalize relations
2: with Israel? Well, uh, there is an approach from uh, President Biden administration to get to that point. Uh, for us, the Palestinian issue is very important. We need to solve that part, and we have a good negotiation. It's continue. Till now, we gotta see where it will go. We hope that it will reach a place that it will uh, ease the life of the Palestinians and uh, get Israel back uh, as a player in Middle uh, Middle East. There were reports that you had suspended talks. No, no, that's that's not true. Not true. So you think, if you were to characterize it, are you close? Every day we get closer. It seems it's, for the first time, a real one, serious. We're going to see how it goes. Can you make a deal with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu? Net- 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 Is that somebody you can deal with? Well, uh, in Saudi Arabia policy, we don't interfere with who's running each country, who's there. We work with him. Now we don't have a relation with Israel. but. If- uh... Biden administration succeeded to make, I believe, the biggest historical deal since the end of the Cold uh, 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 War. Uh, then we're going to start a relationship, and that relationship going to be, be continuous regardless of who's running uh, Israel. So. I mean, he's 73,
1: you're 38, um, but you think maybe there's a chance that you could deal with him?
2: If we have a breakthrough of reaching a deal that gives the Palestinians their needs and uh, make the region come, we got going to work with whoever's there. Not to go too far, but the concessions Israel would
1: have to give the Palestinians. What would that look like? That's part of the negotiation. Okay. Yeah, I, I
2: don't I want to you. describe things because I, I, I want I want to see really a good life for the Palestinians. So I, I want just to continue the negotiation with the with the Biden administration to be sure. Well, on the we U.S.
1: side, good. would there be a defense pact maybe between the Saudi Arabia and, and the United States? And what would that would it look like? Um, Article Five and NATO? Yeah. Well,
2: first of all, we we have some sort of that in the past 80 uh, years. We are the biggest buyer from uh, American uh, armament manufacturing. I believe Saudi Arabia alone is bigger than the next five buyers from uh, America. So so Saudi Arabia is critical in your armament import economically. And we have a lot of security military ties that really strengthen the position of Saudi Arabia the Middle East and strengthening the position of America globally, especially in the Middle East. You don't want that to be shifted. You don't want to see Saudi Arabia shifting their armament from America to other uh, uh, place. So that document, it will strengthen that. It will strengthen the interests of America, security interests, uh, uh, military interests, and also economic interests. And also it will save effort and headache from the Saudi side of not switching to other places. You know, there are many people who wonder
1: why you first normalized relations with Iran a longtime enemy who back in 2017 attacked uh, your oil facilities um, but yet not yet Israel can you, you
2: explain that based in situation and uh, politics so uh, we have a long fight with the Iran since 79 uh, uh, we don't we don't want to be that uh, the norm in in uh, Middle East. If there is opportunity to shift that and to go to prosperity and uh, interest and uh, uh, w- working with Iran and working with the other Middle Eastern, bringing Iran to work with the Arab world, with the Middle East, that, why not? So the, the Iranian reach to the Iraqis in 2020. The Iraqis talk to us. They start to they start to do that kind of uh, negotiation. Uh, We have few obstacles, China come in, solve it, and then we have a good start. We hope that continues. We're trying our best, and also what we see from the Iranians, that they're taking this very seriously and they are doing their best. So we are investing in that. That's a big change, and clearly you can see outside
1: the box on on these deals. You know, you can look to that. Are you concerned, though, Iran gets a nuclear weapon, about them getting a
2: nuclear weapon? When we are concerned of any country getting a nuclear weapon, that's a bad, uh, uh, that's a bad uh, uh, move. And you don't need to get a nuclear weapon because you cannot use it. Even if Iran gets a nuclear weapon, any country uses a nuclear weapon, that means they are having a war with the rest of the world. The world cannot see another Hiroshima. If the world sees one hundred thousand people dead, that means you are in a war with the rest of the world. So it's a useless. uh, effort to reach a uh, nuclear uh, weapon because you cannot use it. If you use it, you got to have a big fight with the rest of the world. If they get one, will you? If they get one, we have to get one for security reasons and for balancing power in the uh, Middle East. But we don't want to see that. Yeah. It's just a big change. You know, a lot of
1: the world experts are saying how you can isolate Iran and try to prevent them from doing what they have been doing. And then just the image of your Saudi team football team going to Tehran to play is just striking, right?
2: Well, that's good. That's part of uh, the movement. And we see very warm uh, welcome from the Iranian side to the Saudi team. I believe Saudis stick that very positively. Iran has been fighting this proxy war
1: in Yemen against you. Uh, Just today, there were these high-level talks over the past five days um, with the Houthi rebels uh, inside the kingdom. And the quote from your people is that it was positive. Secretary of State Blinken uh, said that this is a time of opportunity. Do you think it is?
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, our aim from day one is to have good life for the Yemenis, good life for uh, the whole countries in the region. For us in Saudi Arabia to progress, to do really great progress and great growth and creating amazing economy in Saudi Arabia and have h- close to 100% of succeeding of what we're trying to get, that means we need stable region. To have a stable region, you need the economical development in the whole region. You don't need to see problems in yemen you need to see iraq going really forward you'd see iran going really forward you'd see Lebanon going forward you see the rest of the region going forward and we are working with gcc with egypt with other players in the region and also with the global players with our allies in america to make that happen that's good for the rest of the world because you see when the region is disturbed isis come out al-qaeda come out terrorist attack come out uh, piracy uh, come out so so we don't want to see these events, you want to see opportunities for American companies, for European companies, for the rest of the world, and for more growth uh, from in a place that create problems in the yeah. past few decades. I mean, obviously, more than 150,000 people died in Yemen.
1: It's been a big humanitarian crisis, but you all put in uh, billions of dollars uh, to help in that, and it doesn't get covered a lot. Uh, do you think it's close to kind of wrapping
2: up? Well, we are the biggest country in the world who give AIDS to Yemen. In the past and today and tomorrow and we want to increase that and also we want to start to invest in yemen in economical in the economical path in all sides of yemen and we are in the process of doing that even if there is a ceasefire and there is no political uh, agreement yet but we are trying to push all the areas forward uh, day by day just a couple more things on iran do you think it was a good idea for the u.s to allow Iran
1: to access that six billion dollars in exchange for the five American hostages?
2: You know, you cannot say it's a bad or good policy, but what I would say that it's a step. I hope that the Iranians show that uh, getting that six million and getting those American backs is worth the effort because that would encourage the world to do more.
1: You mentioned China brokering that normalization with Iran. That surprised some folks. Why choose
2: China in that role? We didn't choose China. China China, chose you? China chose uh, uh, to uh, be a broker to make that happen. There are signs of change. Um,
1: Obviously, the renewal of relations with Iran, brokered by China, possibly joining BRIC. um, China is a big component of that. Um, Is the kingdom reevaluating its security partnerships, kind of trying to think of
2: different ways to do it? No, no, BRICS is not about political uh, uh, alignments. So if, if you look at the G20, you have like two groups inside the G20. You have the G7 and you have BRICS inside G20. We tried to join the G7 at President Trump time, but some of the countries in G7 uh, have like requirement to uh, be part of that. And we are seeing that if, if we continue for one decade without being part of a group inside the G20, that could really create obstacles for us economically. So, BRICS is an option. They invite us and we welcome that. And BRICS is not uh, a group against uh, America or the West. You have a lot of allies in BRICS. You have India, you have Brazil, and you have South Africa. Those are also as your allies. You talk to all these world leaders.
1: I mean, you talk to all of them. And when was the last time you talked to President Xi?
2: Something around. I'm not sure, two, to a min- two, four months, it's, yeah, you, yeah, we talk a lot every year. How do you see him? What's he like? Well, he's trying to uh, do the best for China, and he have all the right to do that. He's a leader of a country, and he wants his country to uh, uh, succeed and to uh, grow, and he have more than one billion uh, people, you don't need to see China failing, if you see China failing, it's around 13 14% of the world GDP, and it's around uh, 15 to 20% of the world population. If that country falls, everyone on the planet falls, even America.
1: We'll continue right after this.
3: Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie. Formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services. Marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. You know,
1: obviously there's a lot of concern in the U.S. about Taiwan. Um, as you know, President Xi, uh, when it comes to that issue... What do you think his vision
2: 2030 is? We, we announced our policy in that. We believe in one China, and I believe so is America believing in that. Uh, there is few uh, arrangement there. I believe the Chinese is respecting that till now, and we're gonna look forward how it goes. What about Russia? You deal with President Putin. Um, what's your thought about Russia inside Ukraine? What's happening there, it's something bad. We don't want to see it uh, invading uh, a country it's something against uh, the rules of the UN, and the Saudi vote void, void against, against that. The Russians have their excuse of why they did that, of uh, expanding the NATO, etc., of their lists of excuse. But invading a country is, is, really, uh, is really bad. Uh, uh, in Saudi Arabia, we have a good relation with Russia, uh, and also we have a good relation with Ukraine. We have amazing and critical trade with Ukraine and Russia. So for us, we try to do our best to push for a few steps to solve this problem.
1: I mean, you tried to host peace talks. Uh, Russia didn't come. But I wanted to ask you about you know, supporting Russia. I spoke to your energy minister, who was fantastic, Prince Abdulaziz, uh, about your decision for oil production oh. cuts. And he told me that it was based on volatility and trying to stabilize the market. There are some supporters of Ukraine who say by doing that and prices spiking that you have essentially boosted Russia's war effort at a time when the country, every country, a lot of countries are trying to squeeze him to get out of
2: Ukraine. So how do you deal with that? So you're talking about support of Ukraine, but how about the president of Ukraine? What did he say? He said totally something against that. He said Saudi Arabia is supporting Ukraine, supporting to solve the problem between Ukraine and Russia and trying to be a mediator to help in that. Uh, area and if we are doing a deal in OPEC plus country to support russia iran is part of uh, the OPEC plus country and at that time iran was our enemy we don't have that alignments uh, that we have uh, today so are we are are supporting iran at that time that doesn't make any sense for us in Saudi Arabia we just watch supply demand if there is shortage of supply our role in OPEC Plus is to fill that shortage. If there is oversupply, our role in OPEC Plus is to measure that for the stability of the market.
1: So it doesn't have anything other than no, that? No, it's
2: purely about demand supply.
1: It is coming up on the five-year anniversary of the brutal murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi in your consulate in Turkey. Um, US intelligence pointed to you as ordering that attack. I've heard you address this several times, uh, saying you didn't order the murder, uh, saying it was horrible and a mistake, and that as a leader you take a responsibility as a leader of the country. But, but five years later, what do you tell people in the US who still have concerns, and journalists maybe around the world, and maybe potential tourists who would come here to Sindala, uh, that they wonder if anything changed, or if it could happen again?
2: Well, uh- we take all the legal measurement that any country took, like when America have mistakes in Iraq, they do investigation, trial, etc. We did that in Saudi Arabia, and the case being closed. Uh, and also, we try to uh, reform the security system to be sure that these kind of mistakes doesn't happen again. Uh, and we can see in the past five years, nothing of those things happen. It's not part of what Saudi Arabia do in the last hundred uh, uh, years. It was a mistake, it was painful, and we are trying our best to be sure that we reform our system to work by the book and to be sure that everyone is uh, safe, not in Saudi, the whole globe. Did anyone involved in the killing serve jail time? Yes. Anyone, anyone involved is is serving jail time. You You have to face the law.
1: And you're trying to change the law broadly, to make sentences more realistic?
2: More realistic for us as Saudi, not for foreign people. Uh, But we believe today it's far away from realistic for us as Saudi. So we are not proud of all of our laws in Saudi Arabia.
1: There was this AP, Associated Press article, um, that just came out a couple weeks ago, uh, with the headline that said, Saudi man receives death penalty for posts online, latest case in wide-ranging crackdown on dissent. I guess dealing with his posts on X, formerly Twitter. So one, is that true? And two, are you changing
2: that aspect? Yeah, shamelessly it's true. Uh, So it's something I don't like. Can't you change uh, that? Uh, we are doing our best to do that. We, are, we, we already had uh, a few laws. We changed tens of laws in Saudi Arabia, and the list have more than 1,000 uh, items. And In the cabinet, I have only 150 lawyers, so I'm trying to prioritize uh, the change day by day, but we are not happy with that. We are ashamed of uh, 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 that, but the judicial system uh, have to follow the laws, and I cannot tell. The judge that do that and ignore the law because that will that's against the rule of uh, law. But do we have bad laws? Yes. Are we are changing that? Yes. Do you think that guy is going to get killed for the post? Well, uh, I, I believe there's few steps in the trials. Uh, I'm I, I, I'm hoping that in the next uh, phase of, of trials, the judge there is more experience and they might look at it totally different.
1: Recently in the U.S., we remembered the 22nd anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. Uh, As you know, 15 of the 19 hijackers uh, were Saudis. And the 9-11 victims' families, you know, they make their feelings clear, especially around the anniversary, that they believe there's intelligence that somehow links the Saudi government to supporting or facilitating those hijackers. What do you say to those 9-11 families 22 years later?
2: Well, I'm, I'm very sorry that anyone loses anyone any of his family. No one wants to lose his family, uh, especially in, in a way like uh, like that. Yes, there is 15 Saudi in that uh, being planned by Osama bin Laden. That's well known. Osama bin Laden being planned also a lot of attacks in Saudi Arabia. So it doesn't make any sense that we work with the guy who's there, uh, doing terrorist attack in Saudi Arabia in the 90s and after that and uh, killing Saudis and foreign people at that time in Saudi. Uh, Arabia, he's our enemy and he's the American enemy. The main attempt for Osama bin Laden, and that's by the reports, the main attempt of Osama bin Laden is to recruit as much as they can, as he can, uh, Saudis to be sure that he create a problem between America and Saudi Arabia. So if people in America fall to that, that means Osama bin Laden succeed in his plan. You're credited with going after uh, extremists, jihadi extremism in the country. Uh, Is that still happening? The country was conservative uh, before, and it's not only Saudi Arabia was conservative. Even America was conservative before. Time change, and uh, reforms comes, and that's what's happening in Saudi Arabia.
1: After the Khashoggi killing, President Biden called Saudi a pariah nation. Then he visited here and he had the closed fist, the fist pump. Uh, Then it's an open hand recently at the G20 with a a handshake and a smile thanking you for your leadership. It's fair to say the U.S. relationship with Saudi is is complicated. How would you describe
2: your current relationship with President Biden? The only thing that doesn't change in politics, that is changing. so always you change your politics that serve your goals as a nation we have today great great work with president biden we are working in the big uh, network that we're building between india saudi arabia uh, europe we are working with uh, peace arrangement with israel and palestine we are we have a, 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 the longest ceasefire on yemen and there is a lot of good progress to uh, create political solution and we have a lot of work in security, stability in the region also beyond in uh, in Ukraine. We have amazing work in technology, uh, R&D, 6G investment and R&D in the rest of America, space industry and many uh, uh, areas. So the agenda between Saudi Arabia and America today, it's really interesting, and we have really amazing relation with President Biden. I mean, you talk with him behind the scenes. In the U.S. right now, there's a
1: lot of focus, even from his own party, about his age. He's 80, you're 38, as I mentioned.
2: You've worked with him, you've met with him. What's your assessment? He's sharp, and he focus, uh, he's really well-focused, well-prepared, and
1: so th- that's what I see. Yeah. Are you following American politics closely, do you?
2: Uh, sometime. I uh, don't have a lot uh, of time. <laughs> most of it, I, I try to follow what's really affecting Saudi Arabia, but I follow uh, sometime American politics. Is it
1: hard to deal with the U.S. when the administrations change every four to eight years and maybe foreign policy
2: changes? Well, some, sometime, you know, changes in any countries also always create, uh, uh, like, let's say, a period of uh, negotiation. So we are used to that. And uh, any administration change in America, we start to talk, we start to negotiate what we have together, uh, what kind of obstacles we have in that relation, and what kind of new opportunity that we should work on it. And then we reach a point that we have this plan to work in the next few
1: years. You had a good relationship uh, with former president Trump, then president uh, and his administration. You know, there's several investigations right now with president Biden and his son Hunter, the money he took in from a company in Ukraine and from China and whether that had an impact either directly to president Biden or on his decisions that he made. In the Trump administration, you had a really close relationship with the president's senior advisor and son-in-law, Jared Kushner. After he left, Saudi fund made reportedly a two billion dollar investment in Jared's new fund he was launching and managing. Do you think that sends the wrong message, even if there wasn't a tit for tat, you know, I'll give you this and you get that?
2: We look to opportunities and investment. We have investment, a lot of investment around the globe with a lot of peoples and with economical opportunity.
1: So if Trump becomes president again, you'll leave the two billion with Jared Kushner?
2: It's, it's, a, it's a commitment that PIF have, and when PIF have commitment with any investor around the globe,
1: keep it. Would it affect your decisions with a new Trump
2: administration, with that sitting there? Uh, well, Saudi Arabia is so big, so I'm quite sure, mostly any person around the world, directly or indirectly, you have something to do with Saudi Arabia. So if that can affect uh, president uh, Trump uh, decision, if he become a president, that means that it's going to affect every president in the world and every person in the world' decision, because directly on directly, he have some sort of interest or something to do with Saudi Arabia.
1: Well, there you go. Um, the other question I wanted to ask you is you're a sports fan. Yes, definitely. Where were you when Saudi beat
2: Argentina in the World Cup, and what was your reaction? I was with my family, we, um, my brothers, their wives, uh, their kids, watching the game, and actually we just want to get out from this game with no humiliation. <laughs> we get surprised.
1: I mean, it fired up people here. I talked to a ton of them, and they were really excited. Do you think football, soccer in the U.S., is changing the dynamic here, that it's almost another national identity?
2: Well. When we want to defy our economy, you have to work in all sectors, uh, mining, infrastructure, uh, uh, manufacturing, transportation, logistics, all that is. And part of it is tourism. And if you want to have tourism, you need to develop your uh, culture sector, your entertainment sector, and your sports sectors, because you need to create a calendar. And we can see uh, tourism used to participate in Saudi Arabia GDP by 3%, Today, it's 7%. Uh, Sport, it used to participate inside the GDP by 0.4%. Today, it's uh, 1.5%. So it's uh, economical growth, it's jobs, it's a calendar, it's entertainment, it's tourism. And you can see that we are now ranked number one in Middle East. Six years ago, we are not even in the top 10 list in Middle East. And we are now, in 2022, we are number 10th of global visit globally. So that's a really great uh, success. We are aiming to get above 100 million visits in 2030, maybe 150. Uh, last year, we reached almost 40 million visits uh, uh, from Saudi Arabia and globally. So it seems that we're going there. Yeah,
1: your tourism minister say, says you keep on setting a new goal. Because we reached the <laughs> goal that the we set goal. very fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you are spending a ton on sports, a lot of money big names that people are very familiar with, big teams, big facilities. What do you say to the people who charge that that's part of sports washing, that you're trying to use all of that to somehow improve
2: or somehow affect your image in the Well, world? if it's sports washing, gonna increase my GDP by one percent, and then I will continue doing sports washing. <laughs> you're okay with that term? I, 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 don't, I don't care. I have one percent growth of GDP from sport and I'm aiming for another one and a half percent, call us whatever you want, we're gonna get that one and a half percent. Are you a golfer? Uh, I'm a beginner, not good, so... uh, You don't have a lot of time to practice. uh, That's part of it, (laughs) but uh, I'm trying to do
1: my best. What do you make of live golf um, and possibly this merging with the PGA?
2: Well, that's a game changer for the golf industry. You will not have competition and you will have focused in developing the game And that's good for the players and the fans who love golf. Is there something you feel in the country that's
1: changing because of everything you've done? Like, do you see young people buying in? And that that in in and of itself is going to be a game changer, not from the top
2: down, but from the bottom up? Well, it's not everything that I've done. It's everything that we've done in Saudi Saudi Arabia. I'm just one of them. And if the people doesn't buy in, it will not work. So... uh, First rule, people have to believe in it, and everyone have to push to make all the progress that we are having in Saudi Arabia, and it seems it's going really well. We are, one of, we are the fastest-growing country in the planet, and we have the most ambitious projects in all sectors. So we are the, the fastest in each industry in the planet.
1: At some time, you will be king here. Um, how is your father?
2: He's, he's 88 year old, he's in a good health, I hope a long yeah. life and healthy life for, uh, for him. Inshallah. Sure. Custodian
1: of the two holy mosques is a title held by the Saudi king. Um, and it's a really serious responsibility, always well understood in the US. Could, could you say something for our viewers about the obligation that implies for the Saudi king, how big a
2: deal that is in the broader Islam? Well, the two holy sites in Saudi Arabia, it's the two holy sites of Muslims. Uh, in Mecca, you have Kaaba, which they face five times a day, and they have to visit one time uh, life. And you're talking about almost two billion people in the, uh, the planet. And in Medina, you have the grave of the Prophet. So uh, the duty of any king of Saudi Arabia and the duty of all Saudi peoples to serve those two places and to serve the visitors of those places. And I believe we, we did a wonderful job in
1: that area. Thank you for answering all of these questions. I just spent the past three days here and I've visited here many, many times before. And I personally have seen major transformations, not just for women, but the building and the cranes and how people look at this country. For people on the outside looking at this, what would you tell them, you know, if they want to come visit, they may be skittish about coming to Saudi Arabia because of what has been written in the past, what they see, what
2: would you tell them? I will tell them the greatest success story in the 21st century is Saudi Arabia. This is the story of this century. Do you want to miss it or not? That's your call. <laughs> and do you think you're going to slow down at all? No, no. We try to speed up every
1: day. <laughs> your Royal Highness, we really appreciate this time. Shukran.